to invite you to find a seat. And if you are seated and standing rather in the lobby, do encourage you to take a cup of coffee. Thank you so much for being here this morning. You should find on your seat, we have more available if you don't find one on, on a seat, uh, the second of these handouts, and they'll be uh, in the normal places, the usual places where you can find literature um, around the church in Eggleston, here in the foyer of uh, Ellis, and also in the narthex of the church. Uh, they'll be, this is, will be around as well as the one from the first session. Uh, and I'm just the, I'm just the warm-up act uh, for the real, uh, the main speakers this morning. I want to offer uh, an encouragement as we continue on this journey, but also maybe offer a short framework for what we're doing this year. Um, I'm sure that you have had conversation in the past, knowing that there's been this dream that one day we would own the whole block at All Saints. There's been conversation long-standing uh, about what might happen to this block, what we might do uh, once we own the block. We now, of course, do own the block, and we are just holding our horses if we can. We're holding back, and that great creativity, uh, which will happen next year in 2020, we'll start to have a conversation as a parish about this particular block. But this year, 2019, we're having a conversation about the, the blocks around us. Uh, and that was the shared wisdom of the group. There is so much happening around us. Really, just stand still at an intersection in Midtown, and you'll see it change. Uh, that's certainly happening. I do encourage you, if you imagine many of you do know where the Ross room is, if you are fairly new to All Saints, uh, that is on the third floor of this building. You can look out and see. You can look down onto the site of Northwood Southern's new headquarters. Just out of that window, um, in the brief time that I've been here, that, that scene has changed and is changing. It's a remarkable pace of development. And so we really felt it incumbent upon us to learn all that we could about what was happening in Midtown. Briefly to recap, although you can find all of this in detail on a website, Future of Our Block. You can find that website most easily at the back page of this. Um, you can find it on our website, of course, on the All Saints website, but futureofourblock.org. You can find the handouts, the information, links on that website. Um, that will share about that first session. In our first session, we shared what we had learned as a steering committee, primarily from Cousins and from Midtown Alliance, uh, two uh, partners, if you like, in uh, this part of the world that have been uh, working for Atlanta and, of course, much beyond, but Midtown Alliance specifically working uh, to increase the quality of life and the integration of life in Midtown especially. We shared what we learned from them, and today you're going to hear more about two key partners, among other people, but two key partners in Georgia Tech. Uh, some of you may recall the, the moment when Georgia Tech leapt over uh, the freeway, and uh, they haven't stopped since, um, really making a profound difference to this part of town, and also from Emory University's hospital system here in Midtown, and I'm going to in, in a short while, uh, hand over to my esteemed colleagues. I do want to encourage you, before we do that, should you have um, an element of what's happening around us, so you know of an element of what's happening around us here, either immediately in Midtown or beyond in Atlanta, 
Or at this point, also, if you know of a church or other organization that is similarly uh, in this process of discerning what they might wish to do with their real estate, with, with their buildings and grounds, we have, have identified a few partners. Please do let us know. If you think there's a lead you would like us to follow, if there's an introduction you would like to make, um, I am always very happy to go and meet with somebody, have coffee, breakfast, lunch, uh, on behalf of All Saints, and the members of our steering committee have done a wonderful job in doing that also. So that's my invitation to you and to parishioners that you may see next Sunday or next week or uh, wherever you might uh, run across them, you have a conversation about the block, please do steer them back in our direction because we wish to learn on behalf of the parish. So without any further ado, I believe I'm handing on to Clay, Clay and I, he, Clay shared something, the first time in his life, last time we did this, that somebody couldn't hear his voice, which I thought was practically impossible here, but, but Clay is a clear uh, and speaker, and I'm going to hand over to Clay as we begin this second right. session. Okay. How many of you were here uh, several weeks ago? Okay, my, my job today is to take you through... I'm going to take you through a little bit of what we talked about in the first session, and then Tread is going to take you through some of the tornadic activity, the whirlwind that is Emory and tech around us. It's really, it's, we've had an incredible two or three meetings since we last met with you. So I wanted to thank Jocelyn. Is she here today? Okay. She's done an amazing job with the materials, I think. This was actually designed in India, truly. Okay, there, there was some, we're gonna focus on our block for a little bit. Um, there's a aerial shot of it. I think you can all see there's the sanctuary, Eggleston, and the rest of the block. This is Mrs. Peter's neighborhood, now owned by SCAB, but that's the original mansion of the family that gave the property that is now All Saints. It has definitely changed. I shared, we shared this with you last time. Uh, this is the recent and future developments in Midtown. Uh, it's, this is even dated to show you at the pace because it's got the Norfolk Southern building as a bl uh, blue, and as we know, it's now purple because they're, they're going. So there we are, the big star, and you can see all this activity that we've been watching and been and have been a part of um, the blue stuff has cleared the development process and is not under construction yet for example that's the omega condo that's across the street from the four seasons hotel that may or may not be built so some of these things may not happen but i think it gives you a sense of the pace of activity at midtown this is uh, south midtown again 10 very large developments uh, in various phases of development all the way around us. And I just want to reiterate, I think we're all very happy that we acquired the block when we did. Um, as I mentioned the last time, the Cousins guy said, I would have advised you to kind of take your time on this, but he said, thank goodness you didn't ask me for my advice because getting it was very, very important. There's the Norfolk Southern HQ that's going in right next door again where the star. That's an aerial shot of the Norfolk Southern. This is actually going to be 
another apartment building right there in that square. So this entire block is going to be developed and is being developed. Good shot of the Norfolk Southern headquarters again. Uh, that's the West Peachtree frontage, which I think will be very attractive for us. That may be as large of a green space as we're going to get in Midtown for a while. Uh, there's a satellite image of Midtown again. Pretty neat stuff. This is Technology Square. Uh, Tred's going to talk a good bit about tech and Emory in his part. But you can see how significantly and quickly tech, once they jumped over that Fifth Street Bridge, uh, they have not looked backwards. They continue to grow. We had a fascinating meeting with the fellow that's in charge of their real estate. Uh, it's very exciting for them. I think it's also very exciting for us as a potential partner uh, down the road. And there's Technology Square as we know it. <clears throat> this is the area that there's some discussion of doing the stitch above the connector connecting North Avenue and the Fifth Street Bridge, which would really be obviously very cool. They talked a lot about redoing, and I think we think this is going to happen. This is the North Avenue uh, Bridge, and there's going to be a frontage road similar to 10th and 14th that will improve access of that intersection. North Avenue is really going to be uh, a real thoroughfare more than it is today going east to west. No pun intended with our uh, song this morning. <laughs> uh, there's Technology Square. Incredible stuff. A lot of arrows, uh, a lot of movement. That's the Coda building, which is very collaborative, very modern, cool space. A lot of this tech stuff is collaborative. It's getting people together in small meeting rooms to come up with great ideas. And that's the aerial view of Emory, uh, which is really an amazing story of what's going on there. So I don't want to steal Tred's pitch. So Tred, you want to jump up here and tee it up? Thank you. I get a question? Yeah. Great. Okay, let me click back just a minute. so much to the left I want to start with I'm going to start well let me go back just a second I may be what I'm trying to get to is that third there we are now we need it a little larger there we go uh, being the resident uh, geezer on the committee <laughs> hey let's hear from you <laughs> let me let me start with two short short stories of perspective. Uh, if you think of what's happening at All Saints and the development we're doing now, they're sort of 60-year cycles. And Ed and Helen Peters lived here and they had a, basically a farm. And this was her vegetable garden out here. And she uh, knew that they needed a Sunday school because the kids were having to walk downtown and ride the trolley and so forth. So they built where the chapel is a wooden Sunday school. And shortly thereafter, All Saintsers being All Saintsers, the board of the Sunday school 
said, well, you know, we kind of like the neighborhood where we are, and the neighborhood needs a parish. And they got the bishop to say okay. And the next thing you know, they had built in 1903 the church that we worshiped in this morning. And about 10 years later, uh, they built a Shakespeare theater, if you can believe that, which is Eggleston Hall now sitting there. And then they established a principle which still holds today at All Saints, and that is this is sort of the fuel cell for what goes on here, but really we're the church, and it reaches out, and they, about 10 years later, the church started Eggleston Hospital, the children's hospital, which still in the vestry was the, the board of, uh, of Eggleston Hospital. And that's a principle, and if you go to the end of that first 60-year cycle, you bump into Frank Ross, and Frank would stand in that pulpit with an Alpha and Omega on it and where, where Simon was, and uh, many of us can remember, and, and he would say, well, look, the way I read the gospel, this church is open to everybody, and that's what we're going to do. And a good number of parishioners of the church scurried away to higher ground immediately uh, in Buckhead or elsewhere, and the, and the budget was in great disarray. That's the end of the first 60-year cycle. We start another 60-year cycle, and Winifred and I will maybe come back and reestablish it. All Saints, and it's been just a, this is not as long as it sounds like it's going to be, but uh, 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 this, this kid, a fresh lawyer, gets on the vestry. And uh, it's, they're giants in the earth. There's Sue Brown Stern, and there's Judd Delbert Tuttle, and there's uh, Ralph McGill. And there I am taking the minutes. And uh, Frank Ross says, and our first I I item is that we're going to prove the minutes of prior meeting. So we're one, prove minutes of prior meeting. Two, two, we're going to form a committee, form a committee. Two, move All Saints Church and see about getting some land in a more hospitable area because this was, we were, we were going broke and so discussion follows, as they say. <clears throat> <laughs> After that discussion, there was a unanimous vote and the vote of the vestry was that we are going to stay, that this is where we are and this is where our mission is. Uh, my, my bride, Winifred, has a favorite Bible verse, which is uh, Jeremiah 29. Seek ye the welfare of the city where I have sent you. And that's sort of a motto of what All Saints has uh, tried to do and still tries to do as we enter the third 60 years of our cycle. And if you look at this block, and I'm not sure, uh, let's see, there we are. Let's look here just for a minute. We, we know Georgia Tech sits here, and they are reclaiming, actually. They started out across the expressway before it was there. But with the Technology Center and the CODA, an interesting thing has happened. As Clay said, it's an open architecture they had tech has a floor and then independent incubators uh, have a floor and then tech has a floor and it's open and there are coffee rooms and people the, the mix and mingle in a new work format 
And there's so much interest in it that when Anthem tried to get in Coda, there wasn't room for them, so they built their own. And we are at the heart of what's happening in the United States <coughs> in technology, in uh, artificial intelligence. And there's so many, I'm told, I was at a meeting a couple days ago, and they said that there's so much coming out of the incubators there that there's not enough room for the, uh, the businesses that are being spun off at still in this, in this area. Along comes Norfolk Southern, which we discussed uh, last go-round, and they're on the cutting edge of logistics, which has always been a driver in Atlanta, obviously. And they're talking about how do you blend artificial intelligence and keep them a worldwide logistics service. Then you would have not given a plug nickel for Emory staying downtown, you know, and the old Crawford on. By God, they have the Proton Center, which is already up and running there, and then they have announced right over here, uh, next to Crawford Long, a 17-story Woodruff Cancer Center. And that will be the center of their cancer activities, which as you know, are one of five, I think, uh, cancer centers, major cancer centers in the United States. That's all happening here. And by the way, we happen to have Georgia Tech proper, which is over there, more or less untouched. Uh, we have down here, we talk about affordable housing, we have one of the first uh, public housing uh, area, you know, in Techwood Homes, and it's been redone into Centennial Place, which is a mixed income housing area, and it has Centennial School, and it has uh, YMCA, and then across the street is the world headquarters of the Coca-Cola Company. So a lot, a lot is planned, and, ha and then over here is the Civic Center redevelopment, which will be a new town, essentially, of wor work, uh, play, uh, and live. So we, through either accident or the hand of providence, or really through the hands of those that came along with us, you know, before we were here, first 60 cycle and so forth, are in the middle of opportunity. And I think we ought to think, and we would like to hear from you, other opportunities that are blooming in this area and people with whom we should talk. Because Michael, who's done a great job in leading uh, our steering committee and, and, and bringing in people who know what is happening, uh, is properly trying to find out, first of all, what are the vectors that are coming in and impinging and will impinge our, uh, our little parish over the next 60 years? And, and that's what we would like really to hear from you. Um, shall I turn it back to Michael or Simon or Clay? Or I have a third or fourth. I think we'll turn it over to you guys. Any, any, any questions? I agree. You I'm, can I see that clicker? You got the clicker. Because I think, I just wanted to quickly.
Yeah, there's, this is the, that's an 18-story parking deck that's going up right there. Emory, Emory has 4,000 employees in their hospital system in Midtown, and they all commute. And that's one of the issues that Tred mentioned is affordable housing. But that's where the, that's Linden Avenue, kind of when you come off the, the highway right at Spring Street. Um, that's what it's going to look like. Kind of looks like the Broad Museum, <laughs> but it's a parking deck. They, they're, de they're developing that, that if we go to, to uh, fewer cars or self-driving cars, they can actually turn this into a building over time. It's a double helix. It's a pretty interesting conversation. But that's what it's going to look like. That's the proton thing. So there you go. How about, how about some questions? Trey, Simon? I'll come to Michael. you at the microphone. <coughs> hey, so it's actually going to start at the back because it was the first hand and then I'll come right back. Steve, you had it five, five minutes. Thank Shall you. We uh, Clay, is there any speculation on what's going to happen to the AT&T building across the street? I know they're moving out. That's a great question. I, I saw something yesterday, I don't know if anybody else saw it, of a, of a pretty, they're going to significantly change the exterior space of that building. It's going to be very friendly as opposed to being very brutalist right now. So it's going to be, uh, and I think that's going to be a positive. Um, but it clearly is in the early stages of being remarketed. Did anybody see that uh, piece yesterday? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's where it was. We'll get that on the website. I think that's worth looking at. It's a great question, Steve. And w one peculiarity of that building is Marta turns in front of that building so they can't use, they can't come out to the street, and that is a likely park area. And what happens on the interior is a challenge to the next engineers. Yeah, I'll just reiterate, I think we may have had a picture in our first session of what this intersection right here at Ponce and West Peachtree will look like and with the AT&T exterior, with hopefully MARTA um, redeveloping the, the facade on, on their North Avenue station and, and with what it's going to look like because that Norfolk Southerns, their green space will be on that corner too. And so there's talk about changing how you flow from one side of the street to the other and be able to cross diagonally. So not sure on the inside of the AT&T building, but exterior, it's going to be an awesome intersection. It'll kind of be the centerpiece for this few blocks. That building is owned by Carl Icahn, so it's interesting. Yeah. Steve, it oh, seems oh, that oh, as, yeah, as we're having this conversation, we're talking about the sort of coming together of public health, urban planning, community health and, and where, what our place is in this. Now, I wonder if we've considered that Kaiser Permanente has just signed a 20-year contract with Emory and that their Midtown headquarters are here as well. So they're a significant player in the neighborhood and, and possibly a good resource for um, our plans. Yeah, that's a great, great comment. I'm not neglecting this side. I'm, I'm watching that you're here. I was just curious if in amongst all this STEM, there's any STEAM, are there any arts that are projected for this new community that is developed? Did Jane ask you to ask that question? No, she didn't. <laughs> but given our history and our roots in Shakespearean theater, I was just curious. 
Honestly, Brooke, I would say there's been, to my memory, no discussion of that at this point. Anybody want to? No, unless you count architecture and landscape architecture as a part of art, I think there's going to be an art dimension that will grow out of that. Um, I have a question. 20 years ago, the Midtown Alliance um, did a blueprint of Midtown mm -hmm. and actually sectioned off areas of Midtown where they would, the arts would flourish, um, business would flourish, retail would flourish, et cetera. And it's been kind of fun to watch all that happen with um, NTech coming across the highway. Is, is the Business Alliance one of, or the Midtown Alliance, because it's more than business, are they um, a partner with us in, in this? And are they looking at, I know they've got a uh, SID group and some other things that are designing what Midtown is, was, and is moving forward to be. Um, it, and it may answer the art question, I don't know. But um, in, in our area, the arts are a little bit further north as a part of their blueprint. But it was 20 years ago, so hopefully they're refreshing it, or I don't know. Yeah, um, <clears throat> well, so first of all, we, we, we did meet with Midtown Alliance a few weeks back um, and had an, an excellent meeting with them. And I, we, we don't have a formal partnership, but we, we do begin Midtown here. We're part of the Midtown Alliance um, purview. And so they've, they, we had a wonderful meeting. They're excited about what we're doing. We're, gonna, we're bouncing ideas off of them. Uh, we had a meeting, some of our real estate folks, uh, Dot Miller and others met with Georgia Power earlier this week. And there were a cast of characters at that meeting, tons of folks from Cousins, tons of Georgia Power people, and Midtown Alliance was here too. Because um, they want to know what Georgia Power is thinking about with as they reroute all the power lines for them. So absolutely, they're part of what we're doing, and we're bouncing ideas off of them. I think I'm trying to remember their top three suggestions for what we could do with it. We're, everybody that comes in to meet with us, we say, what would you do if, if you had the block? You know, we want to get their thoughts. And, and I think between parking, housing, and retail, that's kind of the top three that we've heard from a lot of them, which, which might resonate with you all, too. So and open space, and, and I think that's important for them, yeah. And Emory's part of the Central Atlanta progress. They're, they're not within the Midtown Alliance group, so we're actually incorporating both of those potentially. Jo Jocelyn's in the room. I wanted to thank her for these great materials. Thank you. I've heard a lot of conversation, both last session and this time around, um, about how we're listening to Georgia Tech, Emory, Norfolk Southern, a lot of these big uh, corporate or institutional partners, and I'm just wondering what plan, process, or procedure does the steering committee have in place to ensure that the voices and experience of those most marginalized in Midtown and surrounding communities are also centered in this ongoing conversation? That's a great point. You want that? I'll take that one. <coughs> it's a great question. And um, to be able to, to have a conversation that touches as many people as possible, you need to look at li different sort of scale of partnership. Um, for example, this is a little bit out of Midtown, but clearly a part of the Midtown-Downtown 
what should we call it, blur at this point. Mark Becker is the president of Georgia State University. Uh, he'll be here in the fall, and Georgia State in so many ways is one of the, I would dare to say, one of the most important higher education institutions in the country in terms of socioeconomic inclusion, uh, including a number of students at Georgia State who are homeless, which is a difficult conversation for them to have in terms of how their funding is structured and, and what they offer to one set of students has to be the same for all set of students. It's a really Im important question. Part of the challenge, um, being married to someone, not the challenge of being married to somebody, but part of the challenge, comma, being married to somebody who leads a community that meets uh, uh, with people who are largely, if you like, invisible, unseen, um, is to have that conversation, to identify the conversation partners. And interestingly, um, it can be that when you talk to a, a seemingly big multi-million or more dollar partner, multi-billion dollar partner, uh, that you're, you're missing out, but it's been striking to talk with Mark, president of Georgia State, how tuned in they are, interestingly, to the work that happens in Woodruff Park uh, and other parks. Um, and so it, it's a, an essential question for us, and I think that when I hear Tread raise up some of our history, um, that we need to, to, to leave it as much as we can, no, no part of our community unheard. Um, and, and I would share that we do have, we have partners in the room. I mean, Greg Cole is just here. Again, not Midtown, but the work of Emmaus House and how they can see in real time the rapid pace of gentrification. Uh, there are conversations, partners like Bob Lupton, who's the author of the famous book, Toxic Charity, who've been working in Atlanta for many years to help us understand and get under and into the nuances of, um, of poverty uh, in America and poverty in Atlanta. Um, so that, that is all a part of it. Last piece before I hand the microphone back, never give the preacher a theological-esque question, if you like, but let me just offer one thing. Lang Lowry is our consultant from the diocese, does this work all over the country, and he encourages us to think about the, the, the working population, those who are priced out of um, living in the place where they work, and so are having to travel vast distances. And so they're not necessarily the folks that uh, the Church of the Common Ground see, but it's this group we may in some of ways call them the working poor and, and other eras. That's a huge issue for Atlanta in terms of how people have access to shared communities. So we'll keep that question uh, in our hearts and minds. Thank you. I would, I would say that every group that we've met with has, has commented that affordable housing is really one of the primary needs in Midtown. We had a question up front. I'm sorry, I just want to add something real quick. You're next. <laughs> just to take that, that, take that question one step further, um, we internally within our subcommittee, we've, we've divided up into a couple different groups. And so far, these first two sessions, you've heard from sort of the corporate side and the institutional side, and that's where we've spent our time the first six months. The next six months, um, we, we have members of our team and who will report in the second half of the year on what other churches are doing throughout Atlanta and throughout the country with not only their real estate but with their missions and then also sort of non-church related mission groups as well. And so I think there's going to be more to come on the, the non-corporate side. Sorry. And, and that was my question. Have you gotten to the point where you're looking at best practices? Because this is not new. 
and other people have gone through this and done it. So so the question was best practices. Uh, one, that's why Lang Lowry is part of our group. Again, Lang is a consultant with the Diocese of Atlanta who's done this for other churches and also has sort of an eye towards what other churches are doing generally, even if he hasn't been physically involved with those. Um, we, we Part of our group is talking to other churches around the country to understand what they've done. Everyone is totally different. And, and Tread maybe can give you an example of what's going on in New York. He was just up there visiting and, and learning about some stuff, which looks a little different than what we might be able to do here. Um, but absolutely, that's part of our process. Good. And if I could just go back one question. I'm coming, coming to your question. But if you think about Emory, for instance, and what they're doing, they have 4,000 employees. They're not all neurosurgeons. Okay? And some of them need daycare, and some of them need housing, and some of them need things that we, you know, can provide. So uh, it's not just, uh, not just neurosurgeons that are m moving in here. We, one of the things that you can add as you travel around not only our region but the world, help us to see what others are doing. Uh, for instance, I was at a meeting last week, and there's a, a friend of mine who's a rector in Bronxville, New York, and they have sort of a mission over in Yonkers, which is not, you know, is not doing too well. But the church in the middle of Yonkers has a quarter of a block that has is not being fully utilized, and they wanted to start a school to help uh, an Episcopal school to help uh, education in that area. And they found that they could have somebody build a school and they could have offices and so forth on top of it, which Yonkers is very delighted to have, and provide an income stream that will maintain the parish and that school theoretically in perpetuity. There are a lot of there are a lot of dynamic things occurring all over the. I won't take the rest of your day here, but there th there are things you will you will uh, if you look you can observe what they're happening as you go around and just ask people in their parishes or observe and let us know let let Michael know let Simon know let Jocelyn know how we get in most of these things that are happening have. Uh, uh, have websites and you can very easily tie into that. Uh, this uh, two two questions really may be a bit tactical too, uh, but address parking is for one, in both in the interim while this construction is going on, and what the anticipation is afterwards, and then secondly. Uh, that's a really beautiful building that's going to go there with this wonderful mirrored wall facing us to the south. So the question is, do we get cooked by the sun? Is it ref reflects, and that's a serious question, and I bet the designers have thought about that. Um, parking. So it, it's come up in every meeting that we've had. Um, it's come up in every conversation that we've had with members of the parish. When we do turn it over to you to give us some suggestions for what you are interested in seeing on the block, 
I, I'm confident that the majority of you will answer parking is a need. Um, when currently, I understand that we've got 50 spaces at Bank of America. I know that we're sort of still running over to the varsity, um, whether or not they know that we're doing that um, officially or not. But um, the Norfolk Southern folks have been very generous with um, their time and, and understand our interest and need in parking. And so we're in conversations with them. Anecdotally, we heard from Shorenstein, who owns the bank or runs the Bank of America building, owns it, um, that they would build us a parking deck. <laughs> you know, it, it, and, and if they could just use it. Now, I don't know really how serious that comment was, um, but it's it's clear from every single constituent that we've talked to in Midtown that parking is important. It's important to us, and so it's constantly on our mind. Um, I don't have an answer on what exactly the mirrored wall will, will do to us. Um, we didn't really get a report from Norfolk Southern necessarily. Um, I, I, I don't think we're gonna catch on fire, um, but it's certainly gonna be different with respect to how um, we plant, what plants we can plant and what our trees look like. I'm getting a little ahead of my skis on this one because I wasn't there. However, we had a meeting with Georgia Power earlier this week, and these trees are not in wonderful shape. Georgia Power needs to change how they've got the lines. And so eventually these trees are probably going to come down with new ones planted, which was thankfully another reason we had Midtown Alliance at that meeting last week because, of course, they're very concerned with green space, and they know what kind of trees will be able to flourish um, when, when this new building does come up because they're doing it throughout Midtown. We did have the head of Cousins talking about the Norfolk Southern, and uh, one of us did ask about, because in, in Dallas, I think, there was a, an issue with a mirror that, that effectively baked a green space. So we asked about that, and they said that act absolutely is in their plans to not have that happen. So I'm we're trusting the architects that that will be the case. It may also help Ed Darty's problem of only being able to grow Liriope over in our, in our cemetery. It may open up new vistas. I have, I have a, two questions. Um, this 60-year legacy project that we're embarking on, uh, I hope first and foremost, maybe not first and foremost, but on the to-do list is uh, uh, consciousness about the impact of this change, uh, this change in our block to the environment. Um, Georgia Tech is building a living building as we speak. It's taking them a couple of years. Uh, it has the advantage of actually giving back to the environment as opposed to diminishing the effect of the built environment on the natural environment. So if Georgia Tech is a partner, you might want to ask them about their living building. Um, I, I think looking back, we can't build a bigger building than our neighbors, but we might be able to build a smarter building than our neighbors. Um, and the last comment is, I haven't heard anyone talk about what's the varsity property going to do? <laughs> I, I've listened to a varsity representative probably 20 years ago when they said that there will always be a varsity on that corner. It may be on the 20th that story, but there will always be a varsity on that corner. So uh, I assume you guys have talked to the varsity too. 
going to take first dibs at that question because it's a question about sustainability. Um, in many ways, I think that climate change is the, the great moral crisis of the 21st century. I'm not obviously saying something new in, in one level there, but um, there is great opportunity for us to um, not only have a green building, but have a green campus. I think that it's incumbent upon us to think about how we may be a carbon neutral uh, or a carbon offsetting part of the city. Um, there are a lot of, there's a lot of great innovation. There are people in the room, in fact, I know there are people in the room who've, who are professionally involved in that kind of work and the technology is developing very rapidly. Um, there I think that that will become, uh, will make not only, if you like, uh, sense in terms of the mission of the church, but will make economic sense also. I think they're great partners, including the one right here in town, but, but all across the country where we could, we could look to that. Uh, Maurice took me around I said, show me all the high places and low places. So I've seen every room in, in, uh, at All Saints, did that my first few weeks. We have a lot of flat roof space. It's surprising how much flat roof space we have. So we actually have great opportunity uh, for things like solar paneling and so on. Um, so that is a key, it's a key priority in terms of our mission as well as the whole constellation of other concerns with that piece. Um, I have had conversation with the Varsity, not only to get an, is it an FO, uh, Frozen Orange, but I've had conversation with the owner of the Varsity, not specifically about, uh, about that, but specifically more about our uh, ability to be a good neighbor, uh, and we, are, we continue to work on that. They will be part of the, the mix. Um, I don't know how much they'll be forthcoming. It's a different kind of conversation, as you can imagine, to an institutional partner like Georgia Tech or an alliance like Midtown Alliance. I would only add on the varsity that there are rumors flying, so it's uh, potentially in play. We'll have to see what happens there. I thought what was interesting and not funny was during the, the Emory presentation about their new 20-story building, we asked about green space, and they proudly pointed out on the sixth floor there's going to be a garden. <laughs> so that was their green space. So we need to defend our green space. We, can, we, we want to continue to be an oasis in Midtown. It's going to become more and more important. I just wanted to ask about public transportation. Are we meeting with the city to see how we can expand that and improve transportation? We do. I'm going to. I'm going to take this one to bring it home, just because we've got another gig starting in seven minutes. But um, <laughs> we we are having a conversation the next couple of weeks. I'm looking at later with somebody from Marta on Tuesday. There we go. It is within the next couple of weeks. It's two days. It's a couple of days from now. Um, so yes, that is part of the conversation and conversation with the city more widely. Um, but that's a key also, public transportation. It, it tickled me to hear about how close to public transit was uh, tolerable for the, uh, the, the, the vast talent of innovative individuals that will pack the Norfolk Southern Building. And I thought, well, maybe five or six blocks, but we'll walk one block to the public transit station. Anywhere further is an, a, a, an arduous task. So we live in a different age, depending on your age, uh, in terms of what counts as uh, adequate transportation. I just want to finish by noting, please do take these with you. And you'll notice two words, innovation and collaboration. Uh, when I meet with leaders from around the church at the uh, at various conferences and have conversations about All Saints, 
There, there are lots of challenges that we face, many of which we've faced before, particularly in this uh, vastly diverse city. But one of these new challenges that is literally coming towards us is innovation. And people who are looking to continuously think out of their box and, and, and get out of their silos and join with one another. That is certainly my vision for how we might work at All Saints as a staff, but it's also my vision for how we might be the church, not only on this block, but beyond this block, this, this interlaced kind of community uh, where we are naturally innovative because we're being, if you like, cross-fertilized. Uh, so I encourage you to help us add some fertilizer to the mix. Uh, with your vision and your ideas, your connections, the things that are on your heart, we will only achieve this as best we can if we do our best together and draw from one another. So thank you very much for your time today. We will be back in the fall with the next session. Thank you.